0: Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry
1: and get wild.
0: Portions of the Orders Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca.
2: When you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eason Hopkins. <laughs> this is Officer This is Cam Talbot. This is, is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob
3: Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings?
2: Yeah,
1: Digitex does that.
3: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad.
2: get after it. Oilers now, Brendan Ulrich, Dave Campbell with you. Oilers now as always brought to you by Digitex. Ched uses Digitex for their copiers and printers and the service is excellent. A fun game last night at Rogers Place. The Oilers ultimately falling in overtime uh, against the San Jose Sharks. Out to a good start. Three uh, separate one goal leads in the game but some sloppiness throughout the game and the, the Sharks are a good team they were hungry they capitalized in the end uh, they pick up the victory in overtime but it was a fun game and uh, it was nice to see a back and forth game like that with a lot of chances lots of goals uh, in the end though the Oilers likely a little bit disappointed that they let that slip away with the start they had the Sharks as the game moved along started to take over a bit but they were in it till the very end and they, they somewhat shot themselves in the foot with turnovers the first goal of course Leon Dreisaitl tries to uh, make a cross-ice pass in the offensive zone. He gets picked off, and uh, the Sharks go back the other way. They tie the game. He was on the ice for all four goals. Uh, a tough night overall, but I wouldn't fault him too much for two of the goals. The first one okay. The turnover wasn't good. The overtime play, the puck sort of got away from him there. It's overtime, three on three. Usually, Drysettle is dominant in overtime, so you give him a pass. It's unfortunate it went the other way, uh, and the Sharks scored. Strohm, a brilliant chance to end it as well in overtime. Prior to that, unfortunate they lose. But it was a fun game. Dave, uh, quickly, before we get to Bob Stoffer here and some other things on the show, we'll set the lineup. Just uh, your takeaways from the game last night.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think what I'd like to see is uh, is a team that, challenges a playoff team, and that's what the Oilers did last night, and they put up a pretty good effort against a, a playoff-bound team, but like you said, it was, uh, you know, the victim of being sloppy again, and Dreisaitl's goal to me just, or the uh, the the uh, overtime goal, I mean, Dreisaitl's play, and not to pinpoint Dreisaitl because it wasn't just him, but it just kind of... Uh, Accentuates what happened last night from a negative standpoint, or there's way too sloppy at times, and seems the 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 ten bell mistakes ended up in the back of their net. But you know, again, I like Nugent Hopkins up again, oh, yeah. up with Ryan Nugent, or with uh, with Connor McDavid. I like, I like the look, like look it of a of that. lot. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Keeps Leon Drysital as a second line center, so you can get more comfortable there, and really Ryan Strom, uh, more comfortable as the third line center. So I like that as well. Um, but to me, another game that's three for three now and it probably won't you know it probably we're headed for a game where you know it doesn't go as well as it has been the last three games between Nugent Hopkins and, and Connor McDavid but you you love the look of that line and and of that uh, of, of that option for McDavid to have Nugent Hopkins on the left side he looks comfortable there and a guy that is not afraid to get his nose dirty as well, you know, oh, and, yeah. and that's the that's the one part of Nujah Hopkins' game that I think is two things that has really improved. We know he has offensive upside, but one, his defensive game is so good, and two, he's not afraid to go to the dirty areas. So, uh, I think it, if if this keeps going for the rest of
2: the season to the end of the season gives management something to think about. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, they're both smart players and you talk about the dirty work. He does the dirty work defensively to free up McDavid offensively as well. So that's a nice uh, option for McDavid when he knows that Nugent Hopkins is there to bail him out defensively. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to because McDavid can get back on the play anytime. But you know what I mean? Like just having him there really opens things up overall. And Nugent Hopkins, as you talked about, Gritty goes to the front of that nice deflection last night. Uh, they're really starting to, to brew something up here. And I can't wait to see what it looks like uh, in 10, 15 games down the road together. So that is exciting. The other thing to take note of, though, Pierre Dorian, the uh, Ottawa Senators GM in the house last night, scouting mm-hmm. the Oilers for the second straight game. The Oilers play Ottawa on this road trip as well. Uh, I know Mark Spector wrote a piece after the game that uh, Nugent Hopkins is auditioning for both the Oilers and uh, the Senators. If it's Nugent Hopkins for Hoffman, no thanks for me. Um, If that's what is being looked at, I have no idea if that's the case. Maybe it's something bigger. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, Dorian loves dry, subtle. I don't think uh, the Oilers would entertain anything there. Uh, But to me, if it's Nugent Hopkins for Hoffman, that's a no for me because it would likely be one for one. And that's a a trade the Oilers would lose based on talent one for one in my mind. Um, And they can't afford to do that. They simply can't afford to do that to fill a need on the roster. And that is, of course, a winger. But you have Nugent Hopkins playing there right now, and he looks pretty good. So if they can find someone to play with Drysaddle on that second line, and uh, maybe it's Pauly next season, maybe Yamamoto, although that's asking a lot for him mm-hmm. from him early, this early in his career. But if they can find someone with Drysaddle, and then you have Nugent with uh, McDavid, I like that a lot. So to me, I wouldn't be looking to trade Nugent Hopkins when he's rounding out his game so nicely here. And I would not want to trade him straight up for Hoffman, although I think Hoffman will be great with McDavid. I just think one for one, that's a trade you lose, and you can't afford to do that.
3: Mm-hmm. I think Nugent Hopkins is the more complete player. Hoffman's a good scorer, yeah. but I think you need more roundedness in, in your game. And uh, I think Nugent Hopkins can be that scorer. Uh, I think he absolutely can. Now, who plays on the right side if they were going to go with that look you know, going in the next season, you know, if we if we go with the uh, scenario that Nugent Hopkins is, is staying and going go uh, to go into training camp next season as the left winger for Connor McDavid, now you're you're asking who's on the right side. You know, Pontus Aber can keep up, but he's you know he, he's got some flair to him, but there there's I I don't see much else in his game that makes you go hmm. Yeah, I don't think he's a with McDavid. <laughs> no. He
2: can skate. He can, uh, yeah. Stick handling wise, I don't know something there to be desi- left to be desired. But it's it's uh, average hands, yeah, I'd say. But you know, he's got. I think the- he can be a effective player for the Oilers, maybe in a third line role. Maybe we'll yeah. see. Yeah, but, but I don't think uh, he's the answer on that top line. But 97-93 looked really good together. Absolutely. You know who else looked good last night was Oscar Kleffbaum, and uh, we're talking trades here. You look at Clefbaum last night. That's why you don't trade him because that is Cloughbaum at his well, maybe not at his best, but. More like we saw last season. And I think if uh, they figure out this shoulder situation with him, clean it up, and he's 100% healthy next season, we're going to see the Oscar Clough bomb we saw last year uh, for the Oilers when he was arguably their best defenseman. Seker was really good too. Larson was good, but he was, he was really, really good last season. So that's a perfect illustration why you don't trade him. And uh, I saw a uh, Wood guy who was a friend of the show tweet this out. Someone asked him to check cleft bomb splits using the first two months of the season uh, versus the last four months. Since December 1st, Woodguy says the results have been the cleft we know and love five on five, and of course he has some numbers to back it up. You can check out that tweet by Woodguy. But yeah, he's passing the eye test of late as well, and he looks more comfortable. And of course he's dealing with the shoulder issues. So if he cleans that up, doesn't have to worry about that. Next season, look out.
3: Why are people in such a rush? Some people, sorry, not people. Some people in such a rush to trade this guy. I don't understand it, you know. The health thing concerns me. That's the only thing that that I would I would say I would be in favor of a trade. Not now, though. I mean, we're we're talking a year or two down the road. But at his best, he's a good a potential number two guy in this in this league. So, but I don't understand why some people are in a rush to trade.
2: Well, the reason why, why is yeah, the reasons why why is because they need a right shot guy. Okay. And it makes sense, but he has a great contract, and I think the, he's a great teammate. I think the guys love him on the team. I just I wouldn't want to move a guy like that because once again, I'd be worried if it's another trade you lose. Well, I, based I want, on is yeah. like, what's his value right now based on this season? Not good. Yeah, it's likely a little bit down than what yeah. it would usually be. So yeah. you're not paying. So the other team would be paying what eighty cents in the dollar? I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense to me.
3: I want to see this defense score healthy. Yes, I mean we, we haven't seen it all season. And
2: last year, they were pretty good. So I just... You know, and all you, of a sudden, Bears in the mix is yep. an intriguing option. I don't know if he will be on the roster next season, but...
3: I would hope not, because if he is on the roster, then there's a lack of depth on this team. But you At gotta, some
2: point, I think you'll see him next season. God, I love the so, upside
3: yeah. on this kid. I mean, he's got to get better in his own end, but his uh, his offensive awareness and his smarts skill-wise, I mean, you can just see it. and He is just progressing in the way that you need him to progress and he's going in the right direction, this guy's going to be not an elite offensive player but he could be a 35-40 point guy. But he's got to get better in his own end. That's why I say if he doesn't start here next year, that's a good thing.
2: We'll dig deeper into all that as we move along on the program today. The Oilers, by the way, have signed Ford Kyrill Maximov to a three year entry level contract. He was uh, drafted in the fifth round in 2017. This is shaping up to be a pretty nice draft for the others so far. Of course, Yamamoto in the first round. He looks pretty damn good right now. No second round pick, but they did draft Skinner, Samarukov, Safin, and uh, also Maximov, who is having a really good season with Niagara right now. 73 points in 59 games, 33 goals. He's big. He shoots right. He can skate looking like a steal at this point. We may get Maximov on the program tomorrow. On the program today, Bob Stoffer will join us here shortly. Louis DeBrusque at 1235. Rich Sutter at 105. 135 Serge LeJoie, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears. You can call on our Oilers Now hotline at 780-496-0063. Brought to you by Larry the Cable Guy on April 14th. Live at the Rivercree Resort and Casino. They also have Bill Engville March 24th. You can text us 636 630 Brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. And every Tuesday on Oilers Now, Stoffer Inspector for HRA Live Thoroughbred Racing returns to Northlands May 5th. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll be joined by Bob Stoffer.
0: showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca
2: Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad, Back here on Oilers Now, Brendan Ulrich, Dave Campbell with you, going to be joined by Bob Stoffer here shortly. The March Madness Underway. It sounds like this opening game is going to overtime already. So the madness officially underway, and I love every second of it. Uh, maybe we'll get to our picks later on, Dave. I know you did a bracket as well. Uh, but for the time being, we need to bring aboard Bob Stoffer. And uh, I interviewed Bob prior to the show. I asked him about uh, it being an entertaining game last night, but in the end, the Oilers somewhat shooting themselves in the foot with uh, too many turnovers on the nights.
1: Well, it was an entertaining hockey game because there were mistakes made. Uh, San Jose, uh, the Oilers had an opportunity a couple times to to have two goal leads in that game, and uh, the Sharks were really loose early, and the Oilers had multiple A grade scoring opportunities in the first eight to ten minutes. And in fairness, Martin Jones was pretty good. And so, uh, you know, then you mentioned the turnovers. Uh, You know, it was uh, that's one of the toughest games we've seen. Leon Dreisett will have. I mean, he was on the ice for all four goals against. I'm not going to – he lost the face-off on the power play goal the Sharks uh, scored. I mean, Leon's the one good face-off guy the Oilers have right now. He's at about 55%. So I'll give him a pass on that one. That was an absolute BB, Uh, you know, wicked shot from Couture, the 3-2 goal. uh, Or, sorry, the 2-2 goal. Uh, But the giveaway in the first goal, you know, that's a play he can't make. Uh, hit, trying to hit a trailer, fourth man on a rush up the ice. And uh, and then the 3 3 goal on I mean, his line. He had an opportunity on a 2 on one 1, didn't get the puck across the pulley, That's fine. It was a good defensive play by Brendan Dillon. But then there was a second chance after San Jose brought it into the order zone to clear it uh, and dump it deep, and the orders didn't get it deep. And then, uh, you know, uh, Lucic and Dreisel got, got out there for an extended shift, and that's uh, a 3 3 goal. we all know what happened on the 4 3 overtime goal. So Leon had a tough game. That's a given. You know, uh, you know, playing with Lucic right now, Milan's trying to find his game, and that would be a polite euphemism, and uh, because it's been a difficult stretch for him as well. So, entertaining game. There were some good things that happened last night. Obviously, Clefbaum gave the team a spark, got some pucks through from the point. I thought Ethan Barrett some good moments, angling players off defensively, and. You know, McDavid picked up a couple of assists, and Nugent Hopkins and McDavid looked like they had a little bit of chemistry as well. I thought Montoya had a decent start. Might want to have the second goal back on the power play, but uh, that was a winnable game for the Oilers. This season, they're just not winning.
2: Well, yeah, I really liked uh, Nugent Hopkins with McDavid, Bob, but then you look at that second line last night, and it wasn't, uh, well, maybe an off night overall for that line. We'll see if they can get going uh, on the weekend, but... What do you do if you're McFarland? Do you continue to play Nugent Hopkins with McDavid based on the chemistry they are starting to brew? But then you also have to consider the second line not doing much right now.
1: Yeah, I think you, you got to keep, uh, you know, you got to keep uh, Nugent Hopkins up there in the short term at least, and continue to see what you've got with Ryan in that role. I think Leon's better at center, but Leon has to have his feet moving. That's when he's playing his best, and you know Milan's got to battle through this. I mean, he's had a it's one goal six points last 34 games minus 18 like that's a difficult stretch i think it's points per 60 i'm going to guarantee you it's below one um and that is a challenge number if you're supposed to be a top six forward he has not a fight in 50 games i mean they're playing florida they're the toughest team in the nhl so maybe you know i'm going to go back to what patrick maroon would do or what we've seen even Sam Gagne do in the past to jumpstart themselves is his get engaged in battle a bit. So we'll uh, we'll look to see what happens here coming up in this road trip.
2: What did you make of uh, Poli Arvey last night, Bob? I know after the game he was saying maybe he's trying too hard, and uh, you know Clefbaum says sometimes you just—I mean not Clefbaum, McClellan said sometimes you just want to go over to him and say, "Okay, you know, just uh, just calm down a little bit. That's going to be okay." So uh, what did you make of his game last night?
1: I think we have to be patient with Polyarby. There's something there. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, he's 19 years of age. Uh, you look at a guy like Matthew Kachuk. He was he grew up completely around an NHL dressing room. I'm not surprised that he immersed himself immediately in what to do. And conversely, in uh, Poliari's case, you know he lived on his own from the time that he was 13. And it's incumbent upon the orders to grow the player out.
2: Yeah, fair comments there. Uh, what do you think about Clef Bomb, Bob? Because you look at last night, and uh, you you see you know what he can do when he gets the pucks through, and he's playing with confidence, shooting the puck hard, and you're like, okay, that looks like the Cleft Bomb from last season. And there's all this speculation that maybe he gets traded in the off season, maybe he's being showcased, this and that. But uh, when you look at his overall game last night, it was pretty impressive, and I would be terrified to trade that guy because I think next year his game is going to be a lot better. So, what do you think ultimately happens here with Clefbaum?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know what I, I mean. In Oscar's case, he's he's got an excellent contract, which is a you talk. He's playing 23 minutes a game, like he plays a ton, and uh, you know, obviously. He's had a difficult year getting pucks through, but to me, he's a good defenseman. He brings positive. As somebody who's around the team on a day-to-day basis, like I'm not in the dressing room when the bullets are flying, but I'll tell you that there are certain players that are hunched over and negative and sullen a bit, and then there's other guys that have energy. Well, he brings energy to a team, and so they got to get his game elevated a bit. I believe he can bounce back. I would not trade Oscar Kleffbaum. I mean, I guess the only thing I would consider is if you could get a... A right. Put it this way. I wouldn't trade Clefbaum for Tyson Berry. And the orders need a right shot power play guy. But the fact of the matter is Clefbaum is a better defender. And he's a better defenseman. So you gotta get the absolute perfect piece if you're gonna get a guy back. And that contract's a good contract moving forward. And the order got a couple t- difficult ones moving forward. So you, you know, you need to factor in those sort of things when making an evaluation. And I know there was People going, ooh, you know, Pierre Dorian was in the building last night. He must be looking at a couple guys. Maybe he was, but I think Oscar Clefbaum's got a lot of value.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you about Pierre, Bob, because uh, was he watching the game in Calgary as well? Uh, So I guess he's looking at somebody right now. So who do you think it is?
1: Even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you.
2: (laughs) Well... I mean, it's you would assume it might be Nugent Hopkins based on Hoffman. Uh, that would be my first guess, I but uh, I, I don't know. I,
1: I, I will remind our listeners that uh, I've spoken about an Eastern Conference, uh, a guy that at the time was an assistant general manager who has since gone on to be a GM, who said that Leon Dreisettle was going to be the best player in the 2014 draft, and he said that when the draft occurred, well, that's Pierre Dorian. So, uh, was he looking at Pierre Dorian, or was Pierre Dorian looking at Leon? I think he knows he's not getting Leon dry. so Can I be honest with you, Brendan? I don't <laughs> think Edmonton and Ottawa are going to get a deal done. Okay. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think there you know, and look, we're not in the trade. We're, you know, there's the trades don't happen now until after the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I don't see a fit there. So. Uh, I know. I know people have. I know. You know. Let's not be naive. I would assume Peter Shirelli talks stalls the other thirty teams in the NHL, but I don't think. Uh, I just don't sense. Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm going to be proven to be wrong here, because I know a lot of people have talked about Nugent Hopkins for Hoffman or something like that. I just, to me, I don't see it happen. And, and hey, Pierre Dorian obviously likes Dry Edmonton can't trade I mean, that's as bad as this year has gone for, uh, and as frustrating as it's been for weather fans, there's lots of managers in the league that would like to start with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle down the middle uh, and deal with the other challenges of improving the team moving forward. So a reminder for everybody. I mean, if we were to sit there and say, name uh, the top 10 players in the league that you would start with, you know, to start an NHL franchise with you know, I would guess fifty percent of the GMs would say oh, I'd want to start with Connor McDavid, maybe somebody would pick Austin Matthews. Well Leon Dreysettle would probably be seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth in that list. Maybe he'd be even higher. You know, I think you'd you'd have to consider Barkov down in Florida. Uh, Nathan McKinnon in Colorado. But uh you know, I'm talking guys that are twenty say twenty three and under. And Dreisidel would be there as well. So Edmonton... Uh, you know, we have had a chance to bump into some managers over the last couple of weeks, and, and they, you, you know, they don't think the orders are going to be 31st in power play, 31st in penalty kill next year, or 30th in save percentage. And so they see the team making some significant, you know, an improvement next year. And they've got, at the end of the day, they still have McDavid and they still have Dry down the middle, and maybe we're finding something out. With Nugent Hopkins and his pliability as a player, and think about how Todd uh, McClellan ran San Jose and had, you know, Thornton, Marlowe, Pavelski, and Couture all were interchangeable as centers, and how that was the core of their team for a number of years.
2: That's Bob Stoffer, and uh, makes a good point there at the end. Every time I think of Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, I do think of Pavelski and Thornton together. And McDavid, of course, is a better player than both of those two. So, But uh, you just like the tangibles that uh, Nugent Hopkins has and brings to the table. So I would not trade him an ideal one-for-one for Hoffman if they add uh, something to the, the mix as well, maybe. But uh, right now, Nugent Hopkins is not a player I'm looking to move. I think he's part of the solution here moving forward for the Oilers. 1230 in Edmonton, we'll take a timeout for the news with Eileen Bell. When we come back, Louie DeBrusque will join us on Oilers now.